This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We have a great guest for this episode. She's working as a lecturer in workplace health and well-being in the Department of Health Research at Lancaster University. Earlier, she has been in postdoctorate role at Swansea University. She is an interdisciplinary mixed method researcher, and her research expertise is in workplace physical activity and sedentary behavior intervention, development, and evaluation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Abigail Morris. Welcome, Abigail. Hi, Oli. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you in the show. Makes makes sense. So if we move to your current project, could you tell us more about what kind of things you are working at the moment? Yeah, sure. So um, following my PhD research, um, I went to Swansea University. Um, so this was working on um, an EPSRC funded project looking at the role of technology for helping to prompt and remind people, workers, office workers, to um, break up their sitting time throughout the day. Um, so this was a project um, in collaboration with um, Melita McNary and Kelly McIntosh, um, working with colleagues from the Baker Institute over in Australia, so um, David Dunstan, Neville Owen, and Paddy Dempsey. Um, and this, so using a, a mobile phone app, um, and really then looking at whether there was acceptable and feasible among a um, group of office workers and then try to explore the contextual factors around what was influencing um, workers' adherence to the break times as well. Mm. So so could you tell how did this mobile phone app work? How often did it remind and and so on? Yeah, sure. So um, well, within the literature, there's there's some evidence that prolonged sitting has a detrimental impact on our health um, and well-being. So um, the app had a capability to um, prompt either every 30 minutes or every 60 minutes. Um, and you could you could make changes, but we decided on those two times, 30 minutes and 60 minutes. Um, so we had two intervention groups, one that would receive a 30-minute prompt, the second group would receive a 60-minute prompt, and the third group had was a non-intervention control essentially um so it just popped up with a message um at at the um targeted frequency of um break and it just reminded as a little kind of notification on the phone to say um time to stand up and then the one of the limitations of um the app was it required manual um, entry to say yes I've stood up or no I haven't stood up or you need if whether they needed to postpone it or not so it wasn't able to detect automatically whether the participant was already standing or had stood up on the notification um, but that's how it worked and it was a 12-week intervention. Mm. And how, how did people people find this and was it effective changing their behavior? So overall um, 
participants were very receptive um, and they found that the prompts were um, useful and a useful reminder. Um, the frequency of the prompts, however, um, differed. But all the, um, so people in the 60-minute group said that even that felt like it came around really quickly. So when you're really engrossed in a task at work and if you're um, trying to finish a project or something, 60 minutes can go really, really quickly. But that prompt to break up the sitting time was really useful. Whereas the 30-minute prompt group said that the prompt, but the, the frequency was even more um, almost intrusive sometimes, but it could be a bit disruptive to their workflow and not necessarily feasible to, to achieve um, throughout the working day. Um, so what, what we did see, so we have, we're working on um, getting this published at the moment, so I'll give you some kind of higher um, level insights onto the results, but mm. we saw no changes to sitting time in the control group or the 30-minute group, but we saw a reduction in sitting time in the 60-minute group. So this is a reduction in the total sitting time. But then we also saw that there was um, a change to the, the pattern in which sitting was accumulated throughout the working day. So for the 30-minute group and the 60-minute group, they actually reduced the amount of time they spent in prolonged sitting belts. So that was really interesting as well. So um, the 30-minute the group didn't reduce the total time overall, but they actually tried, broke up their sitting time more frequently throughout the day, which has shown to be more beneficial than just taking one longer break um, throughout the day. Mm. So, so basically, thirty-minute group found it a little bit intrusive, and it was maybe affecting their workflow in the negative way. And also, sixty-minute group was saying a little bit, but basically, both of the reminders were effective, reducing total sedentary time, and the, and you now the sixty-minute was reducing the total sedentary time, and both were reducing prolonged one so how do you see like from the negatives and positives is it mm-hmm. is it good to use this kind of technology and how how should be the frequency um i think um i think they are there are positives and negatives as you as you just said um i suppose using a standardized frequency um isn't always um, isn't always appropriate for individuals and, and their working patterns because they can be so varied um, within different industries and different settings. Um, so there is there is a call to to develop more, I suppose, complex technologies, maybe with sort of um, capabilities to learn about individuals' patterns and behaviours throughout the day to tailor intervention strategies and prompts to the individual. Um, but the, the app capability for this one wasn't that advanced so we did stick to that standardized break frequency um it seems to be more feasible to break up sitting time and to give those hourly prompts for within practice so that's within within a workplace setting although some of the um kind of lab-based trials have shown that actually 30 every 30 minutes is more beneficial for um different cardiometabolic markers so there is a kind of there is a way up between the two, but I think if you're thinking practically and trying to integrate it into uh, sustainably into working practice, it has to fit in with what people can achieve and what people can f- feel that they can can implement into their working day. So potentially hourly is more feasible. Um, although I think future future 
technologies could potentially try to tailor strategies. And and do you think it could work in a way that you, for example, use the technology in the beginning to learn new habits and then you can leave out the technology because you have learned actually habits to break up sitting often enough? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, and habit development can be so um, varied for individuals and, and for some they may pick up the habit um, very quickly and for others it may take a lot longer um, to embed into their into their routines um it's difficult to say often often over time and when you look at follow-up follow-up data you see a drop-off and a decline once an intervention has has stopped and from the qualitative reports from this study um the majority of participants had stopped using the app once the intervention had finished so they kind of perceived it as I'm taking part in this intervention for 12 weeks. That's the duration that start and finish rather than I'm adopting this as a longer term behavior change strategy. Um, so there's kind of differences in the, in the intervention message. And maybe that's something we need to consider um, in future trials rather than it being a, a, you know, a defined ending date. You know, I only have to put up with this app for so long and then I can stop using it um, rather than, or we can develop this into our daily lives. And so there's lots of things to consider there, I suppose, around the messaging and, and adoption of the behaviours. Mm. So, so you were do, doing this project when you were in Swansea University. Do you have mm. some project going now in Lancaster? So um, I recently started at Lancaster University. So it's a, um, a shift from the sports science departments for me, but working in the Department of Health Research. So, so working on establishing some, some funding applications to, to set up. Um, and I'd really like to establish a, a, a focus around workplace sedentary behavior, physical activity, obviously, because that's my area of interest. Um, and there isn't one currently within the university. So um, there are working groups looking at um, occupational um, health and well-being and um, musculoskeletal um, conditions, um, but with a specific sedentary behavior focus i think that would be something that I'd, I'd like to do so at the moment yes yeah, very much um a transition phase um, and looking to establish that but in the meantime I've got these projects that I'm, I'm still working on and trying to get published for most sedentary behavior and physical activity researchers collecting the research data is one of the most frustrating steps of a project especially as inefficient data collection steals too much of your precious time, causes unnecessary stress and hassle, and can easily derail progress of your project. This is why we devised a revolutionary new way to collect data, introducing Fibian Sense Motion, the beginning of a new era. Fibian Sense Motion is a cutting-edge, next-generation system that allows you to easily and remotely collect, store, and manage data. Our solution features a tiny, waterproof device that captures the sedentary behavior and physical activity data, a mobile app for automatic uploading of the data from the device, and a cloud service for managing the data. Even better, all collected data is GDPR compliant, and you have access to automatically analyzed variables of activity types and raw 3-axis accelerometer data. Don't compromise on the quality of your research or the project timeframes. Discover the convenience and power behind our solution 
at sense.fibian.com. That is S-E-N-S dot Fibian dot com. Fibian, created by researchers for researchers. Mm. So you mentioned that you, you changed from sport sports science to health department. How how has it been? How is it different? What are the what have you noticed changing different departments? Yeah, um it's um It's well. It's a different program, so it's a taught PhD program, and there's, there's different elements to it. Um, there is a there is sports science um, program that is happening at the university, but um, so I can see some ways that we can overlap um, and take from that. There's more of a psychology emphasis, um, looking you know around job stress and um, job strain, psychological safety. Um, so I really I'm. I'm intrigued as to how this, how I can kind of work and develop, um, and then work more collaboratively with other academics to build upon my expertise and their expertise, and try to combine that into potentially holistic intervention programs within the workplace. Because I'm, I'm, I'm aware that you know physical activity, stench behavior is one part of it. Um, so it would be it would be nice to develop and build upon those. Mm. So, so you said that you are looking for funding and different different possibilities. Is there some kind of collaborators you are you are looking for? There might be some who are listening this this podcast episode. So, if you have any wishes for collaborators, mm. please tell it here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if anyone would like to get in touch, I would be really interested in in discussing the idea of. Um, developing workplace intervention and evaluation um i have obviously experience within call and contact centers but um what i have noticed in 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 some of the findings from my research is that we've we deliver kind of in individual level strategies so try to change behaviors from the individual and the employee perspective but there's less in terms of policy level so there's a lack of Acknowledgement of physical activity, incidental behavior within working policies. So, really looking at how we can develop practical strategies about how we can de- um, implement uh, working policies as well to help um, shift behaviors from a top-down approach as well as a bottom-up approach and meet somewhere in the middle to help try and shift um, shift working cultures. Um, so, that's a very broad answer. But if anyone is interested in in um, collaborating. And then I think that'll be that'll be great. Mm. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully some collaborators will get interested. I'm, I'm looking like here you have listed that you are using mixed methods researcher, and you say uh, as a method ecological momentary assessment. I'm I'm not familiar with this this method. Could you tell more about it? Yeah. So, um, in the project. Um, at Swansea so looking at the technology-based intervention and looking at the contextual factors so ecological momentary assessment um, also is known as a sampling sampling method um, where we rather than asking a individual to reflect on their behaviors um, pre and post so looking at um, which often is affected by recall bias or um, recall error We try to target in the moment assessments throughout the intervention as well, so we can track how people felt, whether they were able to break up their sitting time, where they were, what they were doing, um, 
So looking at kind of in the moment assessment rather than just purely relying on this reflection, which can often um, be like, well, like um, it can uh, have some kind of measurement of error there. So um, yeah, EMA, we looked, you can implement different frequencies of um, sampling frequencies. So this, our participants in this trial received a weekly um, questionnaire six times at random intervals during their working day to ask those types of questions. Were you able to break up your sitting time when you last received a prompt? If not, um, why not? What were you doing? Who were you with? Um, And really being able to unpick those factors um, from that as well. So it's more kind of... um, yeah, in the moment evaluation. Mm, yeah, and and how how do you see like the awareness of adverse health effects of sedentary behavior hasn't been along for that long time, and and now people start to be aware of it, and we have good interventions that have found success changing people's behavior. How do you think the sedentary behavior will be in, let's say, five years, ten years? Have we achieved big changes on on a large large level, or how how do you think it will go in the future? I mean, how I hope it will go, and how it's it's um, forecast to go is is quite different. So the trajectory is that actually, in addition to people becoming less active. Um, there's a risk that people will become more sedentary. So, um, the ways in which we, um, ways in which we work and commute and and travel, you know, technology has done vast amounts in terms of being able to make us uh, efficient, effective, and productive, especially in the workplace. Um, but it actually limits our opportunities and and um, things to be to move our bodies and to be physically active and to break up our sedentary time. So there are estimates that this is the volume of um, the amount of time we spend sitting and sedentary each day is actually going to increase over the next five to ten years. Um, particularly if we think about the COVID pandemic, for example, um, working from home, that could I, I see potentially that could have a negative impact on sedentary mm. behaviour. When you see lots of people taking part in back-to-back Zoom meetings. Um, in the workplace, that would involve actually standing up in between a meeting and moving from office to office, so actually taking a, a frequent break. But there's opportunities now to just sit in front of a screen throughout the whole day. So, um, you know, technology is supporting that, and, and, and rightly so, but it can have a negative impact on sedentary behaviour as well. So, I mean, I hope that there are there are enough strategies and awareness campaigns that we can look to reduce that and make people more aware. There's been a vast increase in the number of um, articles within the news, in the media and the news, raising awareness for public, the public health as well. So there is a general increase in awareness, I think. Um, but how that pans out over the over the next few years will be, um, well, this is what we're here to do. We're trying to we're trying to stop that from increasing, I suppose. Mm, yeah, I, I find it interesting that it's actually. The predictions are showing that it will still increase because, yeah, I could I could feel that we already have all the technology to be extremely lazy in our life, and mm. we don't need to do anything. That that it would still go on. 
how, how do you see like for example working from home and having a zoom meeting if you if you switch off the video you can you can move much more freely during the call uh, there's no social norms that strong especially if you have the video off people don't really see what is your posture what are you doing at the same time do you see it could also go go other way that it would be actually the technology would help us be be less sedentary uh, yeah i mean potentially that there are ways and if you're working from home you may not have um the setup that you do in your office so if you do have those um access to sit stand desks and um and different ways that you can actually break up your sitting time at work but if you're working from home using a laptop perhaps you could put it on a higher surface and and conduct a zoom meeting standing there are no there are no rules around whether you have to do it sitting or standing um i suppose yeah it could it could allow us to be a bit more flexible but it depends on our working setups from home which can be very varied and um and often actually enforce us to work in even poorer postures and working positions so there may be a negative impact on muscular health after this musculoskeletal health um i mean again we have access to um thousands of videos that can teach us to you know be and um, be more active from home as well so it's it's been really positive to see some of those messages coming through that people are really engaging in those um and the promotion of the daily physical activity as well which is really important so potentially there are ways that we can we can still be act- active um during these times well there's definitely ways we can still be active during these times but it it's it is difficult to try and integrate especially when think so many things have changed so rapidly. Um, so, so I think it's important to kind of be kind to ourselves, but also try and just be maintain that awareness that actually we can do things for our longer-term health as well and hopefully, you know, exceed these things beyond the pandemic. Mm, yeah, that, that makes sense. And so you have quite a lot of experience from intervent- interventions in the workplace how do you see the intervention should be different when people are are working from home what are the main things that should be adapted from these workplace programs that's a good question because essentially the message is is still the same the recommendation current recommendations are to reduce the amount of time total amount of time you spend sitting by two to four hours per day and to frequently break up prolonged periods of sitting time and try to um, increase light to moderate physical activity so the message is still the same whether you're working from home whether whether you're working in the office um and it's i suppose it's just how we go about that is is maybe slightly different you know there's less opportunities to when we say incidental activities like going to the printer or talking to your colleague and um in breakout areas um I suppose it's just being mindful of the activities that we do while at home. But actually, like you said, you know, if we can do some light resistance activities next to where we are doing our work, there's less social constraints because there's not going to be anyone that you're maybe disrupting or maybe looking slightly um, strange in front of it in in the workplace. Um, So, yeah, essentially the message is still the same, but it's just how we go about that at home. Um, and for me, it's it's been it's been 
difficult so in some ways to work in from my kitchen so me breaking up my sitting time shouldn't necessarily always involve me walking from my kitchen table to the fridge <laughs> so yeah. the snacking culture as well may, may not be um beneficial in the long term but short term you know we just got to do what we got to do at the time yeah i think there's so many people working now on the kitchen table and probably the mm. kitchen chair is not the most comfortable and the most ergonomic chair in the world mm. so i think it it might might cause some musculoskeletal problems in the large large scale how how do you see the situation people in general people working from home what kind of problems do you do you expect to see see from this really different situation in the world mm. uh well it's, it's unprecedented isn't it so um and these changes have happened so rapidly um my my i suppose concerns are more about people's mental health and and coping in in that respect there's been big movements and i know from my institution you know to try and maintain that social connectedness um to to others at work so that's that's really important to to do and to maintain um and Yeah, it is just a very strange situation that we've all had to adapt to very, very quickly. And when we're talking about behavior change interventions in the workplace, we're looking at changes happening gradually over time, six months, maybe 12 months. Um, you know, we've, this has happened in an instant. Mm. So it's it's just doing the best we can with the information that we have um, and what we have available to us um, in our home setups as well. So if you aren't sat on the best um, seats, then try to take even more frequent breaks to stretch and um, and to move your body to try and prevent any kind of musculoskeletal problems um, as well. So I, I, I fully agree. So we have now discussed about your PhD project and your project at Swansea University. Is there something you would like to add to these topics or is there other topics you would like to bring into discussion? I mean, I think that's that's what's occupying me at the at the moment in terms of the yeah that's my big drive to to get these out and and get these in press as soon as possible so they're they're um, my big focus at the moment but i think we've i think we've managed to cover a good amount yeah i i do agree thank you for taking time for this podcast it was it was really interesting discussions no thank you very much for having me ali Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.